But I think um, we don't work well together, if that makes sense. So it's better that we're kind of having that separation <laughs> um, because I think the last time at our previous agency, we worked together and he wasn't answering his radio. So I'm like, spaz, I'm like, is your radio? What are you doing to you? <laughs> so, You're listening to the Black and Blue Podcast, a discussion and celebration of the roles of African Americans and other minorities in U.S. law enforcement. Your host on the Black and Blue Podcast is Dale Peters, a law enforcement professional with over 20 years experience in the business. Hop on board this Black and Blue train of interviews, current events, and pop culture conversations. So get ready. The Black and Blue Podcast is coming at you right now. Hey, lovers and friends, welcome to this very special edition of the Black and Blue Podcast. My name is Dale, and I am your host. And yes, we celebrate diversity in U.S. law enforcement here on the Black and Blue Podcast, but on this Valentine's Day edition of the show, we're going to be celebrating love in U.S. law enforcement as well. If you want to be a part of spreading that love around, make sure you click the like, subscribe, and bell icons right down here on my YouTube channel. Or... If you're listening to me on your favorite podcast platform of choice, please rate the Black and Blue Podcast five stars. And let's keep that love train rolling by checking out the Black and Blue Podcast social media pages for even more content. You can find me everywhere at Black and Blue US. All right, so like I said, today's show is dedicated to love and U.S. law enforcement. And my next guests embody that to the fullest. They're both sergeants with the Mount Rainier Police Department in the lovely state of Maryland. Lovers and friends, let's give a heartfelt black and blue welcome to Sergeants Audrey and David Calloway. How you guys doing? Awesome. Hello. How are, How are you? you? Excellent. Excellent. Thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. Appreciate you coming on, especially on this uh, this Valentine's Day edition. And the two of you are married, so we'll definitely get into that. We'll get into some some fun stuff, talk about, uh, you know, your journey in the law enforcement, all that. But before we get into that, uh, tell everybody a little bit about uh, Mount Rainier real quick, uh, where it's located, how large it is, and, and the demographics of the city. Okay. Um, well, Mount Rainier is located in Prince George's County, Maryland. We border the Washington, D.C. line. Um, it's the most densely populated uh, city in the county. Um, and it's 1.2 square mile. Yeah, about that, yeah. About that much. Um, our agency is about 17 officers strong. Um, so we definitely need to hire more officers, but... <laughs> Um, other than that, but I think there's a shortage nationwide with officers, but um, other than that, Mount Rainier is very diverse, um, all different walks of life, all different backgrounds, all different, you name it, is there at Mount Rainier. All right. And uh, how long have you two been there, respectively? So I've been there uh, going on two years. Um, I was hired from uh, another agency prior been around Maryland uh, a little bit um, out of my 13 
um, year of being in law enforcement, going on 14 years, actually. Um, but been in Mount Rainier for two years. Okay. And you, Audrey? I've gone on three years in September. Um, but as same as David, I been in law enforcement for 14 years. We both graduated the academy in 2009. Um, different academies, but same around uh -huh. the same time frame. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. We'll, we'll talk about what brought you guys over to uh, Mount Rainier from uh, your other agencies. So uh, you guys are both sergeants over there right now. Um, what, what are you guys' assignments right now? So um, I'm assigned to the criminal investigations division. Um, I'm the supervisor uh, of that division. And so uh, we do major crime investigations that entails, uh, we investigate everything up to homicides. So uh, if you get, if the victim gets shot, if they don't transition, then it stays with us. If they transition, it goes on homicide. We do sexual assaults, uh, robberies, carjackings, you name it, we investigate it. Do you, do you actually have a, a lot of uh, violent crimes happening there that you need to be, stay busy with? Yes, yes. Because um, yeah. it borders the city of Washington, D.C. Um, and it's, you know, it's a it's very transient, you know. It sits um, around other municipalities and also, again, Washington, D.C., not that far from Virginia. Um, my caseload has led me to everywhere, led me to D.C., Maryland, Virginia, other parts outside of Prince George's County, Montgomery County, uh, and Arundel. So we're everywhere. Um, there's only two of all us right, assigned right. to that unit. Yeah, so. Okay. Love it. So, so you are, you, you're extremely busy then. Extremely busy. Extremely busy. Yeah, and, and, and crime doesn't, doesn't know borders. It doesn't, you know, cr uh, criminals rolling around D.C., they don't come up to the Mount Rainier border and just go, oh. Let's stop. Turn around. You know, nah, they, no, they. No, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we wish, but it doesn't quite happen that way. And uh, you, Audrey, what's your assignment right now? Um, I'm assigned to patrol. Uh, I am the patrol sergeant for platoon two. Um, we're divided into two platoons, um, so I have roughly about six or seven guys under me. Um, currently, my current status, I'm in the uh, office because I got a bun in the oven so i'm on light duty <laughs> all right all right congratulations yeah, congratulations on, you know, baby, baby number two is on the way so of course you know regular procedures when when you're pregnant in law enforcement immediate death duty so yep. um but yeah so i'm assigned to patrol all right uh, how, how far along are you three months okay so you got a little ways to go about six more months to go, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> about six more months. All right, all right. So, so how did you guys meet? How did you two meet and and establish this this love affair? <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. Look like there's a story there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll let him tell the uh, the conservative story. I mean, so <laughs> it, it, it's we've always been friends. Um, that was the, the awesome part about it that um, we used to, we both worked for different agencies when we first met. Nearby though, it was nearby nearby agencies. So we kind of always met up with each other. How usually cops do talk about trash, talk about relationships, talk about everything. Yeah. And then 
um, always kind of, you know, I was like, oh man, she, she, she kind of, you know, she kind of cute, kind of sexy, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. So, you know, but you know, I said it in my head because we were both like in relationships. So I never really told her uh-huh. up front, you know. Okay. But uh, as time went on, um, like I said, we became real cool. And then one day we ended up having a call for an armed person with a knife. And we had gotten into a police involved shooting. Um, the individual did not make it. Um, so it was like at that point, we were kind of both going through a tragic situation. Um, and we kind of just consoled each other, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, that's uh-huh. what you want to call it. That's what you want to call it, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, pretty much to piggyback what David said, we've, we've always been friends. Um, so it was no secrets between us cause he knew all my dirty laundry. I knew all his. Um, and then, like he said, we responded to a call. Um, it was someone that was armed with a knife and, um, I actually was working secondary part-time. Um, he was on patrol, but because it was a female, um, I was like, well, let me go. I probably got to pat her down anyway. And when we got there, you know, unfortunately we had to do what we had to do. And during that time, we both were single and we kind of just leaned on each other for comfort because, um, you know, definitely going through a shooting is definitely not something you wake up, you know, thinking, oh, yeah, I want to go shoot somebody. Like, it's definitely tragic on all parts, you know, the family and for the officers. So they're during that time and now we're here. <laughs> And that happened in now 2013. Now yeah, yeah. Okay. And you guys kind of leaned on each other and consoled each other. What What was that experience like? Like you said, you know, you don't wake up that way feeling like, you know, that you want to shoot somebody, but then it happens that day. And then what What sort of grief and, and, and those sort of emotions did you go through at the time? Oh, my God. So for me, it was, um, it was surreal. Like, I, I literally pinched myself because I thought I was dreaming. And been involved in a police involved shooting um they experienced with tunnel vision you know and that is mm-hmm. real um i mean that hallway got smaller it was like i had extra focus you know because it, it's and i've been in public service uh, i was a, I'm a firefighter was a firefighter um did about 20 years as a volunteer you know you experience things in there as well but it's nothing like um being involved in a police involved shooting um like Audrey said, you don't wake up stretching, saying, today I'm going to go take someone's life. That's the furthest thing from your mind, you know, yeah. and often in law enforcement. You want to make it home. Yeah, <laughs> but you forget, you know, not to say, but you you just forget about your bat belt sometimes, you know, your, your tools on your belt because you're running it for so long. And then I guess when it's time for you to use it, you know, you build muscle memory in your training, you know that it's there. But you don't go to every call right. thinking, I'm going for my gun, you know. So right. definitely surreal, definitely something that, you know, um, it's, I don't ever want any officer to experience it. They don't have to, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, you do what you have to do, but to make it home. Yeah. yeah for for me, um, when it actually happened, I went in my cruiser and I just bawled, like cried. Cause I just, it was almost like, did that just happen? You know, you're constantly training, you're shooting at targets, targets don't shoot back, targets don't carry knives, tar- you know. And then to actually take somebody's life, 
um, it's just, it wasn't a good feeling. So like I said, I'm, I'm grateful that David was there. Um, like I said, we just comfort each other. Hey, how you doing? How you feeling today? You know, and then one day after, um, maybe like a few weeks passed after the shooting, I'm like, Hey, what are you doing? I called him up. He's like, I ain't doing nothing. I'm like, look, let's, let's just go someplace. Let's just go. I don't care where we go. Let's just go. <laughs> and the rest is and history. The rest- <laughs> and the rest is history. The rest. <laughs> well, all right. Where, where, where did you guys go that day? Oh my gosh! Actually, we went to Charlestown. We went to Charlestown, West Virginia. It's a casino out there, and uh, it's actually one of our little favorite spots. We go to hang out. You know, um, not far from our area. About well, at that time, it was about hours and change away yeah. where we live now is about 30 minutes away but uh that's that's kind of what we hung out at you know there was like a little uh dance club there so we went to dance you know um other stuff to do other than just gaming, got, got, you, so. got your little cupid shuffle on right that's it that's right. it <laughs> <laughs> nice nice all right all right and then uh so you guys said you said the rest is history and you guys got uh, got together, got married. And you guys have one one child already. Is that is that correct? Yes. yes. We have and a seven another year one old. on the way. A seven yes. year old. Wow. Wow. How's how's that raising a, a little one? I'm having a blast. It's you know it's 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 difficult because you know we don't have the ordinary family life you know where is we work opposite shifts. You know I work the night shift. He works Monday through Friday, but now they switched us because, you know, I'm on desk duty, but we're coming and going. We drop our son off at grandma's house or he drops him off and then I come and pick him up. So we never really see each other until the weekend. And by that time, we're trying to catch up on sleep because we're just exhausted, (laughs) (laughs) you know, especially working shift work, you know, so it's it's kind of difficult. I mean, overall, we always make sure we have fun. Like I said, me and David were best friends. So, you know, we, the way we kind of play around with each other, everyone's like, y'all don't act like y'all married, you know? So <laughs> yeah, because uh, we slap yeah, box and everything. <laughs> so, you know, people look at us like we're strange. Wow. Like, y'all don't act married. Yeah. You know. <laughs> what can take the wow. slap box? I know. I know. Domestic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you guys are training. You're training. You're training. That's what you're doing. Right. That's yeah. right. You yeah. know, tactics. defensive yes. tactics. Defensive tactics. Refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> Refreshing that up. That's 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 what's up. That's what's up. So uh, you guys got one on the way, and then, uh, like you said, it's difficult working shift work. You know, you guys working opposite schedules. You don't you don't think that puts a has been putting a strain on on the relationship on the family life, um, just because, like you said, you guys don't spend that much time except for the weekends together. And, and, and a lot of that is, is sleep, right? I, I would say at first it did. At first, when we first kind of got together and we was yeah. experiencing parenthood, you know, um, and then also trying to make, come up through the ranks and, you know, make a name for yourself in your career. Um, there was a definitely a lot of, a lot of understanding that, that needs to be had on both sides. Uh, at the time I was a worker, I was like a workaholic. At the time I was assigned to community policing um, when I was with Bladensburg Police Department. And I was pulling like 16 to 20 hours. I mean, 
I was just so locked in to my job. Um, and I had to, you know, to me, I had to realize like, wow, you know, like, I don't, I don't care what you say, you know, oh, it should be great because, you know, your wife is in law enforcement. You should be understanding a wife is still a wife, <laughs> you know, yep. she wants you home like, like everybody else. So, but through time though, um, she was very supportive, you know, but I, I had to find that balance of when to be a husband, when to be a dad, when to be Detective Callaway or Officer Callaway, when to turn it off, when to turn it back on. So I think that was the biggest struggle for me is when to turn it off and when to turn it back on. It's like, you know, you're on the street, Joe Blow citizen, you're, you know, you have that strong demeanor, you know, that strong officer presence, and then you have to come home and be a wife and be nurturing and be all this other stuff. But I think that was the biggest thing. Um, and also just having respecting each other's bounds, what pushes our buttons, what things not to do, you know, things to do, our love languages and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm in policing, a wife is still a wife. I still want you home. But I have an understanding like, oh, you know, babe, I got court. All right. You know, it's not much yeah. of an argument because, you know, I see yeah. the subpoenas as they come in. I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. But, you know, you still but I think um, we don't work well together, if that makes sense. So it's better that we're kind of having that separation <laughs> um, because yeah. I think the last time at our previous agency, we worked together and he wasn't answering his radio. So I'm like, spaz, I'm like, is your radio? What are you doing to you? <laughs> yes. That's what I was going to ask you. What, what, what does that feel like? You know, the two of you working together, you know, your spouse, you working at the, you may not work the same schedule or the same, but if you do, um, just like it's you say, dangerous. you know, they're not answering the radio. Um, it's dangerous. Do you find you, yeah. David, have you ever found yourself, you know, wanting to go to the same call that she's on just because, you know, she happens to be your wife or if you were dating at the time, you know, that can get a little messy, no? So I'm, I'm strange. <laughs> I don't worry about her in that aspect. Because um, one, I, I saw how she can handle herself on the streets. So uh, I think I, I don't think I worried about that. Um, but, you know, if, if I know that she's working late and if I don't hear about her by a certain time, I will call and check on her. Um, if I'm at work and she's at working, uh, if she's working a shift or something and we have to be there at the same time, I would monitor, um, just like I would do any other patrol officer, you know. Um, but I know that she's a supervisor. I know that she's a great officer. So I try not to step in and be like, hey, I'm the husband here to save the day. I will, but <laughs> I try not to do that um, because, you know, she has to develop her own, uh, own respect, if you will. And um, sometimes you don't want somebody to go, oh, that's your husband. He's going to come save you or, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. This, this this is based on now. Now we're mature. We're supervisors. But there was an incident where he had was fighting a guy with a gun. And I heard him drop the signal 13. And I was at work. Of course, my heart drops. So and what does I'm that mean? priority. Huh? The the third signal thirteen means what? Oh, I'm sorry, a signal thirteen officer in trouble. You know, okay. so he pressed the officer in trouble button, and basically gotcha. when you press that little red button, the entire county comes. But you know, when I heard it, it was from him. I when I say like I flew lights and sirens to his location, and then when I got on scene, I wasn't even thinking about 
the uniform. I was like, who am I trying to bite my husband? <laughs> like, you know, and then I ended up getting oh, no. the, yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I get a complaint, you know, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's real. Real talk, real talk. Does, does your department have, when you guys, you guys are both sergeants now, so you guys probably would never ride together, but is, was there a policy for family members not being able to work together? Yeah, they did. Um, so he's under a different um, commander. He's under the administrative lieutenant, and I'm under the patrol lieutenant. So, right. you know, they was like, well, you guys can't work, you know, together. You can't, you know, supervise one another and things like that. So that was pretty much it. Other than that, you know, um, the former chief of Mount Rainier, Chief Morgan, you know, he took a chance on hiring a married couple. So I think we had to convince him like, hey, we're not like the typical married couple that you might hear in law enforcement where it's messy and, you know, a whole bunch of rumor mill and so-and-so is sleeping with this person or whatever. I was like, nah, we not like that. You know, so not you like took a that. chance on us. Yeah. And hired us both. And, you know, I like to oh, think so you, that we made. Huh? Yeah. So you guys came over together, huh? I came over first, first. in September and then he came afterwards december or january december, december. Mm-hmm. yeah of 2019 okay all right package deal yep <laughs> that's go. right package deal. that's what we tell everyone exactly <laughs> <laughs> definitely package deal so what's what's that experience been for you audrey uh with your current department and in, in your in your former department being a female in this profession this male-dominated profession i know you you just got done saying you know you can handle yourself and when you got on scene when when david was involved in something you ran ready to handle business but um still nonetheless you know it's a male-dominated profession even the guys that you got to work with that you've been working with all the time you've been in this profession talk about that a little bit well i think um in my previous agency uh it was definitely like taboo to be a black female that was like in leadership. Um, When I started policing in 2009, of course I had to work my way up, but I dealt with a lot of haters, if you will, that did not want to see a black female uh, be promoted to corporal. Um, They tried to sabotage me. They tried to you know, it, it was it'll take pictures of my car seat because this is when we had our first child and we got mm-hmm. permission from the chief at the time. Hey, I know both of you guys work here. So if you need to transport the child, okay, it's fine. I'm like, okay, cool. But I guess these officers didn't know that. So they took photos of my cruiser of the child seat in there and try to write me up and all this stuff. But no weapon form shall prosper. And when it came time to take in the corporal's test, I was the only one that passed. So I was kind of feeling myself after that. I was like, huh, you tried it and (laughs) it didn't work. So, um, you know, but even dealing with that, I just feel as if being a black female in law enforcement, I have to do triple the work, triple the um, power. Like just everything has to be to the 10th power with me. Like I can't, there's no room for, you know, slacking at all. And then even when you are that, that go hard female is, it still brings on, even it's worse from the guys, you know, the guys are like, Oh, who she thinks she is and blah, blah, blah. You know? So that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, I've dealt with it. I, I know how now to kind of manage it. Cause I'm like, okay, well I got receipts to prove 
why I'm in the position I'm in right now. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yes. Love that. Love that. And so, you know, you guys were in the, in the midst of things over there by DC. I'm sure you guys were uh, called out for January 6th. That whole, the whole region right there had to respond to that. Yep. That whole time, you know, we had, we had George Floyd, you know, leading all the way up to that things happening in, in, uh, in St. Louis and, and everywhere, you know, Brianna, all those things. How'd you guys feel as black African-Americans wearing the badge during that time? What, what was your, your thought process knowing, you know, it's, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. You know, we, we, we have to, we have to do our profession. Right. But then on the other hand, we still feel these things and, and, and see these things as well. What, what was you guys' thought process? For me, it was, uh, wow, I, I think back, I was a little kid when Rodney King had happened, um, and my mind kind of went back to that moment, um, looking on TV, seeing what was going on with Rodney King, and then experienced kind of that, that same thing, like, but on a magnified level, if you will, because it wasn't just one person in our time, it was multiple um, shootings going on on our African, on our, um, black people, African-Americans. And to put on the uniform and have to go out there every single day or to, to investigate a case, um, it wasn't easy. Um, you heard a lot of frustration, if you will. Uh, some people say maybe hate towards law enforcement, uh, but some of it was just frustration. So what I would do and I remember telling Audrey, because I remember her getting frustrated. She's like, I don't, this is almost making me not want to do this anymore. And I said, listen, you know, we're called to do this by God. So it's important that we almost like be the light, show people that all police officers are not alike, um, that people do care about, you know, we are human beings. We do care about everybody, no matter what your race or gender is. Like, we're not going to show hate, but we are going to show that we're here to do a job. Um, we're not going to just let somebody go because they're black. We're not going to let somebody go because they're white. You know, if, if you committed a crime, um, you're going to go to jail for it. But it also changed the way that I also just, I, came, I became more patient, you know, to hear the community out, you know. Um, and sometimes just everything doesn't have to result even in arrest. You know, there's some things we know we can't like domestic violence, you know, that's that's a must go, but you know, some of your, um, as we call it, nuisance crimes like drinking in public and things like that. Sometimes you just talk to people, give them resources. You know, yep. sometimes people may be hungry, you know, if they're stealing or something like that, you know, um, definitely yeah, reach in your pocket. And we pay for people all the time. I mean, we, we love it. Um, just helping people and, and things like that. So, but it was definitely a, it was definitely a tough time. We still got a lot of work to do you know, as a nation coming from uh, a lot of healing and also teaching other police officers that are not black to also see things from uh, our How to our talk to people. Yeah, perspective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How to talk to people. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Audrey? What, what was your feelings when all this was going down? Um, I, I didn't want to go to work. I, I mean... I think the pivotal point for me, I remember when the ambush officers in Texas 
and seeing that on the news and you know having to put on the uniform the next day and leave my son it was like really messing with me where i was just like i what am i doing you know the average person won't go out and do a job where the whole entire world hates you not because of who you are not because of you know your skin color but because of what you are because mm -hmm. you wear a badge and you know i i just try to be the light like david said you know i try to um show people like hey you know we're not all the same especially uh being a christian being in the body of christ it's important to me that um i show people like hey there are good officers out here you know and trying to just be that beacon of light for those who had a negative encounter with law enforcement and i tell people hey don't don't judge me off my uniform you know because <laughs> When outside of uniform, you know, you're like, oh, hey, my sister, how you doing? Blah, 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 blah. You're yep. trying to holler. But the moment I put the uniform on, it's like, oh, you know, <laughs> F you, F, you know, F12s, mm -hmm. all this stuff. I'm like, yep. well, why I get all that? You know? Right. So it, yeah. it definitely, um, it is, it wasn't a good feeling at all. And then after George Floyd, it was just, oh my gosh. I was like, I really don't want to go to work now because for some strange reason, it's like, when one officer does something, no matter where he's at, every single officer across the nation gets penalized for it. But yet you got doctors that, you know, do malpractice and people still go to doctors, still go get checked. You know, you got teachers that, you know, sleep with students and everyone still send their child to school. But it's like, well, police, we all get demonized and all put in one box, which I don't think is fair at all. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I'd like to think that it's really just social media that's putting that out there because, you know, most most people out there, you know, they, they respect what we do. They know that we're needed. And it's just really what's going on on social media. When you when you look at your timeline, you'll, you'll see, you know, F12 and all that. And you're always going to have knuckleheads out there that don't like us no matter what. But by and large, most people respect what we do, know that we need it. And, and, and they know that we we're out there doing a tough job. So, and that's, but like you said, you know, one, one cop does something in, in Texas or, or Connecticut and we feel it all the way out here in LA. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So what was you guys' journey in the law enforcement? Um, you guys don't seem like the, especially you, Audrey, don't seem like the typical, uh, I wanted to go out there and, and knock it. Well, maybe you didn't want to knock heads. I don't know, but <laughs> get out, get out. <laughs> get out there and, 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 and enjoy that sense of adventure. What, what was you guys' story in bringing yourselves into, into this profession? Me, um, I grew up in Southeast Washington um, and then later moved to Montgomery County, but Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah, Washington, He's from California. Oh, okay, Washington, D.C. Okay, okay. okay. Um, D.C. area. Yeah. But I, I the show, New York Undercover, um, was one of my favorite shows as a kid. Yes. And especially, I was like, that's going to be me. But I was also torn because I also wanted to be a firefighter. So <laughs> um, I was like, which one I want to do? So I said, you know what? I'm going to do both. So when I turned 16 years old, um, I joined the um, fire department in Kensington, Montgomery County, Maryland. Uh, and I think my 10th year there, 
um, I got hired as a police officer. Um, in fact, it was a big Metro train crash um, in Washington, D.C. And uh, I remember being assigned to the ambulance when I was a firefighter that day and got the phone call that I was going to be a police officer the next day. Mm. So, um, but I, I always love helping people. I love serving. Um, I believe in taking care of the innocent. Um, I do not like when people take advantage of innocent people. And that's kind of what drove me into law enforcement. Um, but the compassion side, obviously I told you I was a firefighter. So when you're on an ambulance or fire truck, you know, dealing with sick people, you really got to have a lot of compassion. So there's two yeah. sides to come with me. So that's what really helps me be a successful criminal investigator. Um, because I can sit in front of anybody and it's amazing. People are like, I have a gift. I, and I, I'm not going to say a lot of you said I don't, but um, very good at getting confessions out of people. Okay. Um, but just, just, I'm just chill, you know, I just yeah. relax and I, I listen to people and I allow people to open themselves up and then they call him the people whisperer. They call me the people whisperer. The people whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, yes. it is a gift. It's, it's, it's definitely a gift. And, um, but it's, it, I, I use it and, and it's helping become very successful and closing out, um, criminal cases. So, yeah. Yeah. And so since you were both, both a firefighter and now a police officer, you know, we got that fin- friendly rivalry. Did you kind of like, you know, had that rivalry with yourself? I mean, <laughs> how'd that work? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because, um, you know, about like a lot of fire marshals, they carry, <laughs> okay. you know, firearms and stuff. They have arrest powers out here. So that was a thought for myself. Like Man, I can be a, a fire, you know, fire investigator, you know? Um, yeah. But I, I, it, it's ran its course. The fire department was definitely, um, it was a blast. I had fun. I mean, I got a lot of awards, you know, doing some awesome things. Uh, my engine company had assisted uh, pulling five kids out of a house fire, got a bronze medal for that. Um, it was one of my, wow, it was surreal uh, that that wow. happened. Um, so, you got, you got good at, in, you got good at Madden, right? <laughs> I can sit around the firehouse. Sitting around the, he's yeah. not a gamer. <laughs> I'm not a gamer. I'm, I'm saying that, gamer. That, that's, that's what they do. They sit around, you know, they, you know, got a front seat for, for all the playoff games and, you know, you can make some Madden. good chili though. I'm pretty sure yeah, you learned that from you the go. firehouse. There you go. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just clowning, man. I, I love our fire, firefighters out here in my city as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Audrey? What what was your uh, your story getting into law enforcement? Well, it wasn't like David, because if you would have told me in high school that I was going to be a cop, I would have looked at you like you was crazy. Um, I was definitely into modeling. I was like, you know, the, the glamour girl, if you will. Okay. And it wasn't until um, I started working at a DC nightclub uh, that my brother managed and I started doing security. So while I was doing security, I was patting down the females because they was like, you know, we need a female to pat down the females. So he brought his sister in. I'm like, okay. So started patting down females. And then I saw a female DC officer and she was extremely beautiful. But the way she was handling her business with these guys that we was throwing out, I was like, 
I want to be like her. <laughs> you know, it was just it was just mesmerizing to me because, you know, that stigma of females in law enforcement, they, you know, always look manly and stuff like that. Yep. But it was very important to me to bring femininity into law enforcement. Like I can still be cute and, you know, do what I got to do and handle business. So um, with that, you know, when I told my parents that, hey, I think I want to be a police officer. Of course, my dad was like, you can't be no cop. Ain't nobody going to take you seriously. And one of my biggest goals in life is always to prove my dad wrong. When my dad said I can't do something. I'm like, all right, bet. Watch. So <laughs> that's what happened. I went through the academy. I actually went through the academy twice. Um, so I was like, I'm determined to do this. So I did it. And that's how I got into law enforcement. And I even tried to leave law enforcement in 2018. Um, I went through a tragic situation where I lost my brother. And mentally, I couldn't I couldn't deal with everything that was going on, the 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 haters and, you know, just everything that was going on. I had to remove myself out of that toxic environment at my previous agency. And I was like, I'm done with policing. Four months go by. I'm like, I'm going to go be a real estate agent or something. And then I realized I will always see lights, you know, um, police cars drive by with their lights on. I'm like, dang, where are they going? You know, and I was like. Let me let me go ahead and just go back to the job. Yeah. So I ended up applying to another agency, went back in. I realized, okay, you know what? This is my calling. I it's definitely calling. have a love-hate relationship with this profession, but there's it's the best profession in the world, and I can't see myself doing anything else. Amen. Amen. Yep. It's it's interesting that you uh you said you wanted to make sure you were able to be uh, feminine in this job you know the first time i looked at you i was like you know she kind of looks like uh i hope i hope this doesn't rub you the wrong way but uh tisha Don't say Gina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <it's>, <laughs> that's why i call her gina gina yes <laughs> gina gina so, oh so that's not the first time huh <laughs> no my my old sergeant um we used to get on scene like gina gina come here gina i'm like Stop calling me that. Oh, <laughs> uh, so they, that makes you Martin then, huh? That's it. Respect <laughs> my house. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, wow, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, so, Audrey, you, you, you mentioned, you know, some, some things that you had to go through mentally. And the two of you had to go through some things, some tough things on this job since you've been in, in this profession. How's mental, you know, your mental well-being, uh, mental health, I, I know just the other day there was a story of uh, a couple of cops. I think they were out in Florida that uh, they took their own lives as well. And I think there was another couple that did that as well. Uh, they, I don't think they were from Florida, but they were vacationed down in Florida that did the same thing. What's uh, uh mental wellness for you guys um, as, as a couple, both in this profession? For me, it's the Bible. I'm, yeah. I, I am. That Bible is a blueprint of life. We got it right here. It, it, it's not It's not far from us. We constantly have the Bible with us. Yeah, I got one of my cruiser at my desk. Yep. But it's, it's so important to have a relationship with God um, because law enforcement isn't easy. Uh, it's fun, you know, but there are those times where um, not necessarily even calls per se, but just what goes on inside of regular work life can just be overwhelming. You can be doing great on the streets, the citizens can love you, and then you can have issues with your administration or you can have issues with coworkers or issue with bills or whatever. So um, I think a lot of people 
think that it's the stress of the job as far as the calls we run. I think that's a small percentage of it as well. But um, I think just, you know, marriage, kids, any what any other person would go through um, that can take a toll on you. So it's so important to one, I had to learn this because I, if you cut me, I, I bleed blue. Like, <laughs> I, I, I love this job. I used to come home, watch Cops, watch First 48, watch, uh, what's that one, Live PD. Oh, the blue blood. And Audrey would look at me like, boy, if you Turn it off. <laughs> and I just, yeah, you watch know, Martin. Now, watch Martin or something. Oh, oh no. Now that's her. We, got, we just finished watching Martin. She loves Martin. Okay. But okay. it definitely helps to uh, disconnect, you know, definitely from the job. And, and I've learned how to do that. Vacation, vacation, vacation. Um, there you go. We are now, I have a rule now that every time the season change, uh, we go somewhere. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, yeah, just vacation is huge. And uh, hanging around family and friends. Um, I have a lot of cop friends, but I have a lot of friends that are not cops. So, and sometimes we just mingle or, you know, if I want to, you know, whatever. If I want to be around someone who's a, I got friends with doctors, lawyers, you know, uh, sanitation, it don't matter. <laughs> you know, yeah, I hang yeah. out with them. We just have a good old time. So, yeah, I think the yeah. biggest thing is we always kind of confide in each other. Um, you know, it, it's they say the biggest gossipers is a husband and wife. Because, you know, I would call him, babe, guess what? Oh my gosh. And he'd be like doing the same thing. But I think as far as mental health, um it's important just to have that support system and to be open and honest and brutally honest with how you're feeling um because there's some days where you know i just i i need to be ministered to you know no matter how many bible verses i may know or recite off the top of my head sometimes my husband has to come in as my covering and minister to me and vice versa because sometimes when he's feeling disgruntled at work or just frustrated with the administration and stuff like that i would tell him well babe you know you're there for a reason you're there for a purpose god has you there for you know a purpose and he realized that you know especially you know he just solved a crime where this guy was going around raping and sexually assaulting women in the city um this guy ended up getting locked up again like 40 years but to see the victims cry and they all come to him and hug him. And, you know, that was a very emotional time for him to make me feel like, okay, you know what? I know why God has me here. So even during all that, I still had to, I mean, David has came home. Um, you know, there was an incident where a female hit him several times in the face. He had scratches on his face and he just sat at the corner of the bed. And I'm like, babe, are, are you okay? And he was just zoned out because he had to put his hands on a female. And of course, me being who I am and being goofy, I'm like, well, where's she at? You know, like, I, I need to go find her, you know? So, but, you know, he he was like, well, babe, she's in the hospital. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, oh. so, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> that part. <laughs> but, right. But, you know, he had to do what he had to do to get home, you know? Um, but for me, like I said, when I, I, I lost my brother in 2018, he had a, a pretty much a heart attack. And that was a time when I was going through the process of becoming corporal. And like I said, I had several of um, the male officers there basically just attacking me constantly, uh, constantly attacking me. 
And I told my chief, I said, I'm done. I can't do this anymore because I'm going to go postal and lose my mind if I don't remove myself from the situation. And he was like, no, 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 no. Just you're dealing with a lot right now. You're dealing with grief. Like, just just sit back, think about it for a week, you know, just just chill out. Okay. And I just had a long talk with him. And I'm like, babe, are you going to be good with handling everything? Because I, I can't go back there because right now it's not it's not all processing. Um, mm -hmm. Trying to be strong for my family, trying to be strong for my mom who's grieving because she just lost her son. You know, it was a lot. So that week went by and I told my chief, I said, I'll see you Friday. I'll drop everything off. I'll drop my cruiser off, gun belt, vest, everything. You can have it. I'm done. Um, so I think it's important that we acknowledge when we are at our limits um, and just trust trust God through the process. I, I, I took a leap of faith and now I'm here. So, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Excellent, excellent. Excuse me there. So you, you, I know the two of you mentioned uh, God a lot and you had the Bible right there and then. They said he's got it, you know, at his desk and all that. What's what's your relationship with 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 God and and the two of you are are doing something special right now as far as uh, advancing yourselves. Talk about that a little bit. Me, it's all about faith. Got to have strong faith. Um, I feel like God is my best friend. <laughs> you know, I go to Him for everything. I um, I've learned how to hear His voice. Um, I learned how to pray. You know, because prayer is so important. It is, you know, in order for you want God to interfere with your life, you got to pray because that's that license for God to say, hey, you know, you're saying, God, interfere with this situation, uh, whatever I'm going through, because he won't. If you don't ask him, you don't pray, he will not interfere. Um, you have to pray. And that allows uh, him access to come in and to handle any situation you want. Um but, you know, being in ministry school, uh, we're now uh, coming to the, the landing, um, graduating May. So it was a three year. Yes. Um, yeah, a long three years. But I've learned about myself. A lot of people think ministry school is about getting up there and learn how to preach negative. <laughs> it is. I would challenge any leader, anybody that's in leadership. If you can go through a Bible college or ministry leadership school, definitely do it because it definitely highlighted things about me yeah. not about the other person it's about you and you mm -hmm. really expose yourself i mean you're writing papers and you you will talk about things that you'll never think you talk about your past everything mm -hmm. so uh, which is good because a lot of times our past is what trouble us you know but yeah. uh, once we get over our past and we realize hey i'm human you know christ still accepts me he paid the debt you know, um, die for our sins. I'm good to go. And you just continue on with life. Mm. Yeah, I think um, a lot of times people come to us for advice. And, you know, I try not to drop Bible scriptures as much as I do, because they'll end up calling me the old church lady at work. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, my relationship with God is like, you know, like he said, me, me and God, we homies, you know, I hate to refer to him like that, but it's like, you have to have that intimate relationship with God. I pray every time I, you know, go to work, 
Um, I pray for a safe shift. I pray that all my guys, all the officers, they come home safe and sound, that they're untouched or, you know, and it's important to have that covering. But um, like he said, uh, we are in ministry school um, and it's very important to us that as ministers, that we're very transparent um, because you see a lot of phony ministers out here that, you know, oh, you're going to get a car if you, you know, send me 500 or whatever, something crazy. Like we're not even right. about all that, you know, so we, we wanted to make sure because we even opened up our house to other law enforcement uh, couples. Um, you know, where the husband was a cop and the wife was a civilian or vice versa, because they would have issues with their marriage. And we invite them in our house and, you know, we just have talk sessions with them and to try to get them back on the path um, to God. But I think it's very important um, being a woman in law enforcement and being a woman in Christ that I find that balance and teach women that balance about submissiveness. Um, people don't realize that submissiveness is a gift and not everyone harbors it, but they look at submissiveness as, oh, yes, honey, you know, anything you want, blah, blah, blah. And that's not the case at all. Like, even though I am a A-type personality female out there, when I'm at home, he's in charge. You know, he he makes all the final decisions. He, you know, okay, did you talk to God about it? He'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. Then that's that's it. I'll follow. Um and a lot of people can't seem to understand the importance of that. So it's very important that I, you know, kind of just be that example to a lot of female officers um, or just females in general. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. All right. All right. I love to hear that. Love to hear that. And uh, you guys are almost at the, uh, the finish line there, right? Yes. yes. You graduate in May. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. What What are your plans to 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 to, to do with those uh, those degrees? I plan to. Um, <clears throat> he gonna be a pastor. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he been running from it, but he gonna be a pastor. That's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> I, I I really enjoy just ministering and evangelizing. I mean, I, I I truly believe that the work is done out in the field. You know, um, not behind four walls. Uh, the four walls is, I feel it's for me, you know, to have an excellent pastor um, and to just gain the knowledge and then go out what I learn and then also with something I may be personally studying and then go out into the flock, you know. Um, yeah. Believe me, <laughs> the, the, I know God is pushing me to uh, be a pastor, but I'm definitely like, God, no, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you, you can't beat God. You know when He's calling you to do something. But uh, I, I definitely enjoy just one on one. You know, just one on one with somebody, or calling someone on the phone and uh, just breaking it down to them, uh, not giving them a lot of the you know theology things. Just simple, just giving them milk, as we would say. You know, yeah. Um, I'll take the meat and I mush it up, and then just go ahead and give it to them, and it's like feeding a baby, and that's what you got to do. Like, you know, especially when I used to be a babe in Christ myself, you know. Um, and, oh, yeah, it's, it was horrible. We used to we used to cuss. We used to drink. <laughs> you know, the average cop life, you know, if you mm -hmm, will. Mm -hmm. And God definitely transformed us and got all that out. Not to say, not to not to pass judgment on anybody else. Yeah, I mean, it's a process. I mean, it's a process. I mean, it's, it's it you know, and 
you know, it's it's when you when you have those human <laughs> reactions, whatever. Don't beat yourself up about it. I mean, especially being a cop. I mean, I, and I'll be the first to tell you, I may slip up. You know, especially when you're emotional <laughs> about something. But then you gotta go. You know, I got my bad. You know. But again, it, it's just about confessing. You know, what 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 you did and keep it moving. You know. Yeah. I think yes. for for me, um, even though I'm like very goofy, if you will, Tisha Campbell, whatever you want to call me. Um, I'm kind of an introvert. Like I don't go outside the house unless I'm going to work. Um, so for me, my ministry is through the job. So when I go to these calls, like domestics or people having suicidal thoughts or they're battling some type of depression or things like that, um, that's my gateway to kind of minister to them. And usually I, you know, they're very big on not mixing government and religion. You know, it's like, hey, you're wearing our patch, you know, what you do in your private time with religion, that's that's on you. But it's like, I kind of, when I go into people's houses, I look around to see if they have any Bible scriptures posted or, you know, picture of the Last Supper up or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, um, mm -hmm. are you a Christian? And, you know, when they say, yeah, whoop, that's kind of my entryway to kind of go in and minister. But um, even if they're not, I still find other avenues to kind of minister to right. them without, you know, dropping that that truth bomb on them. Like you said, you take the meat, you chew it up and you have to, you know, give it to the babes in, in Christ. Because, um, I mean, there was a time where I didn't really get in trouble, but, you know, I prayed for a person. Um, this person was going through a mental episode. And of course, it was on body camera and I got pulled into the office. And they're like, hey, you know, I'm glad you didn't shoot the person because the person was armed with a knife. But I found that time to, okay, once they were disarmed, I had found time to minister to them because, you know, they were battling demons pretty mm -hmm. much. And, um, you know, it was like, I, I appreciate what you did, but, you know, you got to be careful of who you do it around. And, you know, this area is very, you know, you, you got to be careful. And I'm like political. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's, it's like restricting, but like I said, because I'm an introvert, I don't go outside the house. Policing is my ministry. So. Yeah. Wow. We'll keep doing what you, what you guys are doing and uh, ministering. However you feel you can, um, like you said, you, you find other avenues and yeah, it, it, it's a gift. It's a gift. And, and we need more, more like you too. So we appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank, Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So uh, you guys are not done with this interview yet. Like I told you before, we're going to test your knowledge uh, on some trivia here. So let me get this thing set up for you here. We're going to play a game today. And this is called. Uh, Listen to my heart go. Bad. Boot up. <laughs> All right. So this is uh my boot up game and since this is a valentine's day edition we're gonna talk about some couples i'm gonna give you a couple that's a popular couple in uh, tv or movies and you tell me what tv or movie they were in all right so these this is multiple choice so you'll be able to get through this without too much scarring so here's your first one here sabrina and jason sabrina and jason are they from Jump the movie the Oh, wait for the wait for the <laughs> wait for the choices here, but we got the <laughs> love and marriage. 
Black Wedding Adventure, Jump in the Broom, <laughs> uh, and Back When Marriage Was Fun. And you said it was... Jump in the Broom, final answer. Jump, jump in the Broom. That is... <laughs> I take it you saw that movie. That's a pretty good movie. We just See, saw it last be, week. <laughs> there you go. See, it's going to be just, just like that. Just like that. Easy, just like that. Here we go. Here's your next one. Sheila and Troy. Sheila and Troy, are they from... When did I say I love you? Why did I get married to? Who are you married to? Or where's the wedding at? Why did Why I get, get married, married to? Why did I get married to? Absolutely. And they were in the, the original Why Did I Get Married. I think they're going to do another one as well. I think I heard the other day. So, yeah, good series there. All right. Off to a great start. Ray and Eva. Are they from... Pool is the greatest game. Love via Express Mail. End this together or deliver us from Eva. Deliver us from Eva. Deliver us from Eva is correct. Yeah, I guess I found a good category for you too. All right. How about uh, Darius and Nina? Darius and Nina, are they from Love Jones? Me and Mrs. Jones. Solid as a rock. Or one love. Love, love Jones. Jones. Love Jones. Another great movie. Yes, I love that movie. Alright. How about Quincy and Monica? Quincy and Monica. Uh, you think you know that you know. <laughs> Is it from uh, are they from one on one? Crossed over love. Love and basketball. Or hard court hard love. Love and basketball. Love and basketball is it. Another great movie. See, I'm breaking up all these cloth, all these classics for you. So you guys know these. Wow. Yes. How about uh, Leslie and Scott? Are they from You Ain't Right? The Right Side of Love. This Can't Be Right. Or Just Right? Just Right. Just Right. They would jump in on that one. Yes. Queen Latifah in Common. Another good movie. All right, how about April and Sandino? April and Sandino, are they from Love Roller Coaster? I can do bad all by myself. Let's figure it out all alone. Or you love who you love. I can do bad all by myself. I can do bad all by myself. Yes, Taraji P. Henson on that one. How about Harper and Robin? Are they from the wedding party the maid of honor the first dance or the best man the best, best man. man the best man is it alright couple more here for you how about Johnny and Amber are they from Mo Money we starting that over again alright uh, Mo Money your money is my money we getting money or all money is green. More money. More money. Yes. More money, more money, more money. And you better get this one. Akeem and Lisa. <laughs> are they from Soiling His Royal Oats? American Love. Coming to America or Love from the Motherland? Coming to America. Coming to America. You better get that one absolute classic did you guys see the the second one yes obviously yes. not as great as the first one 
can't never top that one, but yeah, it was all right. Nope, it was all right. How about Louise and George? Are they the Jordans, the Jacksons, the Johnsons, or the Jeffersons? Jeffersons. They are definitely the Jeffersons. All right. How about Charlene and Willis? Charlene and Willis, are they from The Facts of Life? Different Strokes? Full House? Or Good Times? Different Strokes. strokes. They were Different Strokes. And that's when I fell in love with Janet Jackson on Different Strokes. (laughs) What you talking about, Willis? Yep. (laughs) And your last one here, Whitley and Dwayne. Whitley and Dwayne, are they from a different world? The world is ours. A flat world is a black world. And the world's greatest show. A different world. They are from a different world. Yes. You guys killed that one. You guys are definitely called... All right, yeah, you guys killed that one. You can got any of them wrong. You guys know your your TV and movies are happy couples. So, all right, yeah, 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 absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, and of course, Gina and Martin. <laughs> of course, <laughs> absolutely, of course. All right, all right, uh, Audrey and David, I appreciate you guys coming on. Before we get you out of here, how about some uh, words of wisdom about uh, law enforcement staying together in this profession? Uh, not even being in this profession, just staying together in, in, a, in a healthy, happy marriage? I say for me, um, definitely put God first. Um, if you are a law enforcement couple, um, just have an outlet, you know, whether it's going to the gym, uh, hanging out with friends, uh, family, again, vacation, vacation, vacation. Um, and just have fun. Just enjoy life. You know, don't don't let things get to you. Um, don't stress out about anything. Talk about things if something bothers you. Communication is huge. Um, and uh, at the same time, uh, try to focus on what you want to do with this career because it's a great career, and you know to move up in. Um, so that that's 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 my spiel. For me, uh, definitely number one, put God first. Um, if you have an argument, instead of uh, fighting about it, go to your separate corners, go to the throne about it, pray about it. And then once you guys have calmed down, come back and talk. Um, it's important to have respect for one another and definitely have patience. Um, not just in law enforcement. I know in law enforcement, we want someone to hurry up and give us the answer right then and there. But when it comes to your spouse, just have patience with them because they're trying to gather up their words in a way where um, they're being truthful, but not trying to hurt you because they love you. So uh, definitely patience, communication, and putting God first. Great words of wisdom from both of you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, you two. Uh, be safe out there in uh, in Maryland, and uh, we'll talk soon. I appreciate you. All right. right, Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. You got it. Take care. Bye. Okay, lovers and friends, that's it for this Valentine's Day edition of the Black and Blue Podcast. 
Let's give it up for my very special guest today, Sergeants Audrey and David Calloway of the Mount Rainier, Maryland Police Department. Thank you for sharing your love story with us, and I wish you continued success in your careers, ministry, and of course, your family. If you guys out there got any sort of value out of this episode, go on ahead and give it a thumbs up right here on my YouTube channel. Or rate it five stars on your favorite podcast platform. I'll be back in a couple weeks with another story from behind the badge, but till then, y'all know what I'm about to say. Stay black in blue. I'll holler at you. One love. Entertainment presentation.